Hello, everyone, and welcome to podcast number six of The Real Estate Show. I'm Cherise Selly, and with me is Judy Steenlin. Hey, Hey, and it never seems like we have enough time when we're doing these. We can talk I know, this goes by super fast. It's so much fun to do it with you, though. Well, thanks. I'm having a great time, too. I love... Um, I love sharing our war stories as we've gone through this in the last podcast. And, um, and you know, it just leads me to the question that everybody's asking. Every seller and every buyer seems to be asking this, when will the low inventory change? Isn't that a big question? Every time. Every <laughs> time. I mean, we, we want to know too. I mean, in our jobs, we study this information um, and we try to stay up to date on all the data that's out there so we can guide our clients. But we we're in, you know, we're asking a lot of the same questions. We are. And there was a really good article written April the 15th in the Wall Street Journal that talks about that the housing market has nearly 4 million homes short nationally of buyer demand. And it's especially hurting first-time home buyers. We know that. And really, this relates to new construction because mm-hmm. new construction, um, it's been subdued since the recession, since that 07, 09 timeframe, when a lot of the builders did go out of business. Um, the article was talking about, although builders have increased activity in the past year, they are hamper- hampered by the shortage of labor materials and hello, I mean, we can drive around Colorado Springs. Where is the land? Right. So they're hampered by finding land. Um, so the shortage is, it's something that didn't happen. Like, even though we're kind of seeing it suddenly as far as low inventory on the MLS, it's actually been something that's been building up for years. Yeah. Because this started as far as new construction being held back during the recession. I can I will never forget a very prominent builder here during the recession when I went to go submit my earnest money check to their model home and the model was closed and the agent was like literally packing his car and about to leave. He's like I can't take that. And so I remember those days, but boy wouldn't that builder do anything in the world to be back now. <laughs> right. Well, and even as we're, you know, showing resale homes um, and we're, you know, moving buyers and clients over to the option of new construction when they hadn't necessarily thought about it, there's some challenges there because there's, you know, 100 people on the waiting list now. Yes, there really is. And and let's talk about some other things that are impacting low inventory right now. The There's a moratorium that's been put on foreclosures. Since this pandemic, right. and Judy, you've been studying up on this too. Share a little bit about what you've heard about it. Well, as of this morning, it, um, I uh, cross-checked uh, three different resources, and we're at about 2.7 million homes in forbearance right now. Um, and for those that don't know what forbearance is, that mm-hmm. means that um, if they were unable to make their payments, um, they were able to um, push those payments out without the bank starting the foreclosure process, essentially. And this applies to landlords also. So if anyone owns investment properties and the renters aren't able to pay um, rent, they were um, they cannot uh, start any kind of eviction processes. Right. So there's a bit of inventory, 2.7 million homes that are tied up in that market as well. It's pent up. Pent up. But guys, 
is this happening in Colorado Springs as far as one of the top areas that this is predicted to like be unleashed upon when the the market when these foreclosures do come on the market because everybody's thinking oh the market's going to drop and we're going to pick up a foreclosure in a year or two so i mean I, I'm not reading that at all. I'm not reading that at all either. And I think that um, the information when somebody says to us, uh, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to hold off, I'm going to wait, and I'm going to pick up one of those houses at a discounted price. Well, we're, we're seeing prices of homes continue to go up, which is expected based on the numbers and the, um, the supply reports. and demand. Right. So in the next four years, and the, the difference is, and I think we talked about this in one of our earliest earlier episodes, is that those homes that are coming on the market, just because they've been in forbearance, don't mean that they're going to be at discounted prices. That's it right. just means that they're going to be available, available to purchase. People have more equity in their homes. Loan requirements have been very mm-hmm. different since 2009. And so they may sell those homes, but there's no disc. We're not talking about discounted homes. They, they may not just be doing a traditional foreclosure sale. Right. They, they can actually, these people that are in forbearance most likely will be able to put their home on the market and have equity and make money on that sale, the majority of people. But just so people understand the effects of COVID, um, I'm very interested in this based on the National Association of Realtors and an article that they put up that um, the percentage of homeowners who are seriously behind on their mortgage payments or in foreclosure was 245% higher in February than a year ago. So that has happened through COVID, but let's talk about the places, the states with the highest foreclosure rates are Delaware, Illinois, Florida, Indiana, and Ohio. Hmm. So we're not on that list. Mm-hmm. Colorado isn't on that list. Um, and so, I mean, even with that said, I still think that because most states historically right now are having low inventory, there still is equity in a lot of these houses when they do come up. So the point is this, people, um, don't think that we're going to have some huge foreclosure market just months away. Um, right. It's not like the crash that we <laughs> saw back in 09, 2010. Yeah. It, it doesn't sound like it. Mm-mm. And there's a part of me bracing for that because of we, you and I both have ridden that out before mm-hmm. and we know how fast things can change. Right. But it just, there's a different law of economics happening and a supply and demand thing happening. And diff, as you mentioned, different lending things happening, uh, now that are, that are going to, in a way, change what this next market will look like. So for all foreseeable future, um, if people are wanting to invest in real estate, this is still a good time to do it. Right. I think that's the point. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, I mean, I think that's really interested to, that we, we did talk about LLCs and pension funds buying properties. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing creating this low inventory cycle. Right, because they are coming in paying cash or you've got conventional buyers. And um, we talked a little bit about that and why it's important. And for the listeners who are, are who don't understand what that means, so there's um, – in order, cash uh, offers, conventional offers, FHA and VA offers, which are both backed by the government. Mm-hmm. So the stipulations are higher 
and requirements for the property are more stringent. So therefore, a cash and a conventional offer are more appealing to a seller. Than government loans. That's right. And it's sad because we have such an incredible military community in this city. Yes. And we're finding that so many of them are not able to get the awarding uh, bid because of the fact that they may not have the down payment or they may not have any money to bring for the appraisal gap. Mm-hmm. So um, that's it's it's important. A co- the conventional buyers right now are at about 45% of the market mm-hmm. in Colorado Springs mm-hmm. in the buyer pool. And cash is about 17, as we talked about in the last podcast. But um, I think you know, there's some interesting things about the pandemic besides the foreclosure forbearance that we talked about. There are some things that I think are here to stay, Judy, with this, with housing and how people are affected by housing. Have you noticed just in your, in your daily life and the, and the buyers and the sellers that you're talking to, what do you see as permanent change? Well, one of the biggest things I, I, I'm hearing is there's more value put on the home that's chosen because there's so much time being spent there. Yes. Um, just the way that people are living in their homes and um, just some of the basic day-to-day requirements. I mean, we've talked about it. You know, a home office is a huge is a huge deal. So many people are move, are working from home. Um, but, um, you know, really just the value that they place on the, their home in general. So much so. And I find that now people are moving here because they can. Mm-hmm. Not Even if their job is somewhere else, they're still able to work remotely. Yeah. And that's happening. That's been like, if, if anything interesting has happened through this COVID time, it's that people live where they want to live now. Right. They're, not everybody, but more and more people are free to work, you know, and be based wherever their work is, but they can be they can be mobile and have right. mobility and, through and that. Right, the, and their companies are allowing for that because they made it through that that initial lockdown and um, employees working remotely, and it's working well for them yes. in general. And so, um, you know, with Colorado Springs and Colorado in general, so many people love our state because there's so much fresh air, sunshine, and outdoor activity that um, draws people in. It really does. And um, there's one other thing to talk about with this market that I think is c- completely different through this COVID time. And that that change is multi-generational housing. Mm. And yes. so I found this NAR statistic that I thought was so interesting that 16% of the buyer population wants a multi-generational home now than before COVID. Mm. So you've got, you've got, it was about 11% before COVID. So you have this increasing demand for multi-generational. So um, not only is home important, it is important for many reasons and many layers of, of multi-generation, multi-generational families that are living together now. Well, and it makes sense that a lot of our builders have um, tweaked their floor plans to accommodate for that. You know, not so much, you know, the, the older homes where that wasn't such a huge demand, but 
it, our homes in general here in Colorado Springs are conducive to that because we have a lot of walk, ranch walkouts yes. and separate levels of living. And so Colorado Springs is a great place to live if you're looking for a multi-generational home. It sure is. And um, we've seen some really good ones. And you're very connected to a builder that has some of the best plans. Oh, yes. We've seen some fantastic ones. Yes. Yeah. Almost to the point where if you had a guest, they might not ever want to leave. So <laughs> it might be a little too comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, we need to talk about this, too, because the median price of homes in Colorado Springs right now in March, as of March, is $410,000. And it's up 16% from last year. So mm -hmm. the prices are going up. We anticipate they will continue to go up. And you um, talked in the last podcast about the luxury buyer that lost out on their offer. Um, and I was just fascinated to kind of look through the luxury market stats between mm -hmm. one and two million dollars in light of that. And I'm just so fascinated that in, in Colorado Springs, in the last 60 days, there were 38 sales. Um, and most of those homes are selling at 99% of list price, but the highest differential, um, in that one to, $2 million range was at 7% mm -hmm. over list price. That was probably the one that went 100000 <laughs> over. Yeah. Yeah, see? So, um, you know, meaning like a 1.3 would sell for 1.4. Average of 58 days on the market total. Well, I remember the days where we had like 13 years of supply in this price range of the million dollar. It was like, we if you got a million dollar listing call, it was like, I mean, this might be a retirement listing. Mm -hmm. It might be mm -hmm. forever. Now it's like, okay, you can get, let's, let's talk about the next 30 to 60 days. Do you have a plan? Because your home is going to sell. Yeah. Well, and you just had that come up this week. You went out and on a luxury home and you're pricing it for the market. And so even <laughs> talk about that. Oh my gosh, it was so crazy because in that neighborhood, the comps that were six months old were like in the one ones, right? But the current actives that are, nothing is actually active in that neighborhood. The under contract and pendings right now are in the one threes. So it's like dynamic pricing is so important. Right. We can't price them like we used to in a traditional market. No. And so understanding that and again, choosing the right agent who knows how to price strategically and within market um, guidelines, I say guidelines, but expectations yes. is so important. That's right. So thank you guys, and, and please know that we're here uh, to be an asset and to be a guide in your life. If you're looking for um, real estate help, if you are looking for agents who are here uh, to really assist you, but to understand your story and to help you navigate through these times. That's what we are here to do. And um, if you're if you're just wanting to learn more about the real estate market, we're so glad that you're tuning in too, because we want to share the wisdom, the education, and we want to keep you aware of the market. So we'll catch you next time. And thank you so much for joining our show.